Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Mind is the Matter podcast, where we will be expanding our minds to its fullest potential, bringing it to its peace, and healing and loving ourselves along our journey. I am your host, Alyssa, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind is the Matter podcast. I'm just going to start this episode by saying this episode is kind of for me in in a way, like kind of sharing my story and my testimony. And if you're not up for listening to that and, you know, no worries, won't hate you for it. You skip this episode, but I just, I need to let it all out. I want, I want people to know my story and I'm exposing my vulnerability. I'm exposing everything of myself into this i'm pouring everything of me into this and for those who are listening (laughs) buckle up buttercup (laughs) my life my life's a ride it really is and of course i can't i can't sponge my entire life within an hour of of a podcast episode but you know i'm gonna try the best i can but i think i'm gonna i'm gonna have this be kind of like a two-parter like of my childhood life and you know my life as an adult including the relationships I've had and how I've overcome them and how I've healed and what I've done that helped me heal in my own way maybe you know someone out there that's listening might 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 help you if you if you really need it and maybe my story might make you feel like wow like I'm not alone (laughs) I mean we all go through some shit you know some some stuff hits the fan for us not gonna lie it's part of life but I really just want to say my piece say my story tell y'all what's happened to me and you know how that molded me into the woman that I am today and growing better to become and yeah so if you're interested keep on listening (laughs) so my story is I came from two people that came from broken homes my My mom, she, like I said in the last episode, my mom was raped when she was six years old by her stepdad. And that, like, her being molested carried out for six years. It didn't stop until she was 12, until she finally said something. Because, mind, like, this man was threatening her, was threatening her mom, saying that he was going to kill them both if 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 she breathed a word of what was happening to her and what he was doing. And... When I think of six, I think of my little, my niece, who's literally six, like, who's six years old herself, and just having that innocence ripped away from you. I can't even imagine the trauma, the feel of someone taking advantage of my body. Like, and and it's never even happened to me. I, I thank God, but I can only imagine how my mom felt at, at such a young age, and then growing up having to deal with that and then even on top of after she finally stepped forward and said something about what was happening to her of course he was arrested but you know her mom my grandma still like her family still in a way kind of they didn't respond to her the way she deserved to be responded to like they didn't tend to her trauma the way it was meant to and my mom didn't come from a rich family or anything like that but I think therapy would have helped my mom out a lot because my mom's been through a lot in her life at 17 her mom my grandma died 
my grandma really wasn't taking care of her own health. She wasn't taking care of herself, so she ended up dying at, I forget the age, I think she was 50. I think my, yeah, I think my grandma was 50 years old when she died. And, you know, 17 years old, <laughs> my mom was, and she found her mom dead. She was the one that found her. And, oh, I just, I have like, some type of picture in my head like an image of just my mom walking into a living room and just finding a dead like her dead mom there I I can't even imagine how how heartbreaking that must have been you know her tears her cries and you know my grandma was a sweet woman you know she she would give you everything she would give the clothes off her back to you if you truly needed them she was such a giving woman I never knew her obviously but heard amazing things about her and I feel like generation after generation I feel like the goodness of the hearts that come from my family from both sides I feel like that's where I get my heart from because even after everything I've been through I still have such a good heart and I I don't understand why (laughs) not like it's a bad thing I'm not saying like I should be bitter but like how do I still have you know every situation I've ever come across or experienced in my life like people would have killed themselves to like just to get out or just to get through what I've been through like like oh my god I look back and it's crazy because I start unlocking memories of my own like I that I put in the back burner of my mind and it's been forever since I've even opened looked through the pages just you know I think, you know, my biggest flex is that I do have me. You know, I pulled myself out of some shit most people would have ended their life to get through. And as much as I question myself and I'm asking myself, like, how how do you do it? How do you, like, how do you still remain a good person? I've had people ask me when I tell them, when I share my story, when I tell them what's happened to me. And they're like, wow, you carry it so well you carry it as if nothing has ever happened to you and I and I and I genuinely feel that in my heart I can't even lie I can't make this up it's like every situation I've gotten out of I gotten my heart has gone out unscathed it's not even affected in a manner that would affect the next person I wouldn't put my burden on someone else I wouldn't hold someone else accountable for the things that they didn't do to me and I I really don't give myself enough credit for what I do, what I'm capable of, the way my heart loves. My heart loves in a manner that's as if it's never been broken. And I think that's amazing. (laughs) I think I I promise myself I'm not going to (laughs) cry. But I think that's amazing. And I should really shed more light on that, that. I've gotten through so much of life so far. And... There's things that's happened to me that should have broken me. That should have torn me apart. And it didn't. And I'm so I'm so grateful for that. But you know, like I said, my heart comes through, comes through generations. My grandma had a big heart. My mom has a huge heart. You would think that woman that she would pour any bur- like any burden that she's been through because mind you, she never went to therapy. My fam- my her family didn't have money to put her in therapy to seek professional help you know she kind of had to deal with it with in her life and I think 
it, it, it truly it, it did affect her sexually like she would try to find her worth in other men you know through sex she would she, it's kind of like she would use that as a power of her own and i think i want to say that's uh, that's um one trauma response to sexual assault like a victim like someone who's a victim of sexual assault like they'll use their body like and put themselves in situations as if they're they're the ones that are in control of it um i remember my mom telling me a story like that one time like she the only reason why like she had encounters like sexual encounters with men and gave her body so loosely didn't respect her body didn't respect you know herself because she wanted to have some type of sense of power that she was in control because you know as a kid she didn't have any control so as an adult as a as an um as an adolescent as a young adult you know she tried to gain that power back and i i can understand why she would try to navigate her life through sex and trying to you know use use men as kind of like an as an ego boost you know to claim that back to claim what was taken away from her and to have that control again and you know at when obviously when she met my dad you know they met through her best friend because my aunt well she's not my aunt but she you know <laughs> very close I I see this woman as my aunt but my aunt she, she had introduced my dad and her and you know they got together then they ended up getting married and of course uh, nine months later I popped out <laughs> but as I grew older my mom never when I, when I was young I, I didn't even know her story but my mom never treated me with with hate she never mistreated me it was always love I remember when I was younger like um I would always snuggle with her like she would always say like you want to snuggle bunnies and I was like <laughs> I think about this and I'm like cheesing right now <laughs> that was her thing you know I'd always hang out with my mom we'd always watch old movies like man I, my mom is the reason why my taste is all over my music taste does not discriminate I listen to every but whenever I think of her story and I see everything that she's been through I can't help but think my god like there's so much of of her in me because I would have never thought that lasted at such a young age that she came from a family that kind of bashed her and made her feel worse about herself like she came from a broken home you know she I actually you know because my mom she gave me permission to tell her story and to kind of go into depth about what happened to her she sent me messages let me see if I can find them real quick and my mom's my biggest supporter like I swear to god that woman blasts my podcast she puts it out there all that stuff and you know I'm so thankful I'm thankful um let me see let me see let me see let me see okay so for starters like this is my mom she texted me this of course I'm like you know I didn't want to talk about it like I didn't want to talk about you on it if you're not comfortable with me sharing and she's she went on and told me she she was like you could also talk about how how I was raised in an abusive home watched my mom get physically abused by my stepfather yeah like her stepdad like he physically put his hands on my grandma over and over again and he was the main provider like my grandma wasn't working at the time so he was the one that was making money and bringing money into the house so it's like they both were stuck 
like my like my grandma had no choice but to kind of stay and of course my grandma had no idea that this man was molesting her daughter so when he would threaten my mom saying i would take everything away from you i'll take your mom away from you you won't have a home to live in like that would how like i look at i look at it like if i was six years old and someone told me that you're telling a six-year-old this that's terrifying that would scar me if someone said that i was gonna have everything ripped away from me like my home my room my belongings everything it, it, it will no longer be mine and she, my mom was also abandoned by her bi- biological father like after i think it was when my grandma found out that she was born he just didn't want her he left and that kind of go like it's it's heartbreaking my mom's story like first her biological father didn't want her left left her alone she's raised by a single mother the single mother obviously met this man who obviously he must have made made himself to seem like he was gonna be the savior his their savior and you know help them you know bring money into the house and you know what's fucked is that my mom's original last name was her stepdad's last name imagine having the last name of your abuser oh that would oh that would fuck me up so my grandma ended up putting his name as as her last name when she was born and you know of course my mom was sexually abused and she was physically and emotionally abused from her family and being bullied in school i personally got bullied in school too from the age of five years old i when i used to live in this neighborhood when i i forgot i don't remember the neighborhood but when i was in yeah i was five years old i literally got my ass beat by a neighborhood kid literally beat i almost lost my hearing once in that neighborhood i used to get people in that neighborhood would say that my dad was whipping me like they would oh my god i can't believe this is like all unlocking right in front of me they would put notes at our door and saying i know what you do to your daughter because my dad mind you my dad he stayed at home while my mom worked so when i was growing up i was normally like my dad is my best friend i was always with my dad when my mom was at work and you know these kids like it's like they would terrorize i don't know what the fuck or even how they would even why like why would they say something like that but i remember them leaving notes saying i know you touch your child i know you know you molest her all this crazy shit oh my god it's like insane to me and my mom also said she's like any other person would have probably killed themselves a long time ago if they dealt with what i what i have in the past and She said, not going to lie, when I was a teenager, I thought about it, but I thought to myself, but what if I do that and then something great comes? Oh my God, I'm like, (laughs) really trying not to cry. (laughs) Just know this is, (laughs) this is my, I'm showing such a vulnerable side of myself. And man, reading that just, (sighs) I broke me, really did. You know, when she said, but I thought to myself, but what if I do that? And then something, okay, get it together. Let's uh, get it together. <laughs> what if something great comes along? I would miss it. And I, that sentence, oh, need a minute. <laughs> I 
think to myself, you know, if my mom wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. And all that pain, all that suffering that she's had to deal with her life growing up. If she just lost hope, if, if she allowed all of, all of that hurt, the depression, to just gain up inside of her and her take her own life, I would not be here. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. It's okay. It's okay. Um, to me, that it, it means everything to me. That, you know, my mom went through that. And she still came out. She came out of that situation. My mom was a great mom. That woman, she tried. She tried her best. Given that she had no help. She did everything she possibly could for me. And, and I can't. I can't thank her enough. Because I wouldn't be the person I was. If she turned out to be anything else. I really wouldn't have. I, w I would not be who I am. I wouldn't even be here. If that were the case. And. I see so much power. I see so much strength. That that comes from somebody who's been through that. She's been through so much more than me. And, and I can't even sit here and freaking lie. Like that woman's been through way more worse than me. And. I know for a fact that I get my strength from her. I know I have my heart because of her. She created me. Well, I mean, I obviously both my parents. <laughs> my dad had to take some part in that. But, you know. I was born from a broken person. But that woman was not broken when she raised me. You know. Everything that she could have done everything she could have possibly taught one one valuable <laughs> advice that my mom ever gave me and i was young i think i was like in the sixth sixth grade or no i was actually in the fourth grade i was uh, complaining about a science project that i didn't want to do and she told me she was like well i graduated college and you know at the end of the day it's your life if you don't want to do this don't do it but don't complain about where you end up i took that advice and I ran with that I will never forget the day I like I'll never forget when she said that to me and wow like <laughs> that it I truly did if I want to make something of myself I have to get up and I have to do it myself no one's gonna do it for me no one is gonna pick myself up no one is going to do the work no one it, it has to come from me and as hard as my story is to tell and as hard as it is to tell my mom's story i i can't be more thankful i wouldn't change anything i wouldn't change my wouldn't change my upbringing you know i look i look back at old photos and you know think of old memories that i've had with both my parents and you know both my parents are separated they separated when i was 11 but that's a story i'll get into a little bit later but I don't regret anything. I don't regret my childhood. I don't, I don't regret a single thing that I've been through. Because it molded me into the person I am today. And I, 
if I changed one thing, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be this person. I wouldn't be talking. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be having this podcast to speak to people, to try and heal people and help people. You know, my mom said she did everything she possibly could for me. Made sure I was, I had a roof over my head. She made sure I had food. She made sure I was taken care of. And she never poured out any, any of her past trauma onto me. Like most, most parents would. They went through something they normally would project that on their child. And my mom never did that to me. And I'm so grateful. I, I know I, I know I, I didn't have everything, but I had, I truly did have everything I needed though. You know, she may have not been able to give me everything that I wanted, but she gave me everything I needed. And, you know, something she said to me um, through text message, she's like, but you know, no matter what I've been through in the past, I don't expect anyone to pity me. And I will always tell myself, no matter how bad things get, there is always someone out there that has it a lot, that has it a lot worse. And man, <laughs> that's, that's very true. I always tell myself there's somebody out there that has it worse. There's there's always someone who's going through worse situations than me, so that's why I need to take everything that I have, be grateful for it, grateful for what I do have in my possession, and everything that I'm working towards. I gotta be, I have to be thankful for that, and I have to value those things, because there's somebody out there that wishes that they were in a place that that I'm in, and that's kind of what keeps me going. It keeps me keeps me wanting to push harder for myself and hustle harder for me and one thing I'll say about me is that when I want something I I don't stop at anything to get it I don't care how long it takes I don't care what sacrifice I have to make you know obviously not like something that was bad that you know (laughs) but if I have to make certain sacrifices to get to the to get where I want to go you know, whether I'm losing time, you know, social life, where I gotta, you know, sometimes I gotta be disciplined, I gotta stay home, I gotta study, I gotta do this, you know, when it comes to my education, when it comes to striving after my better self, and making things happen for me, if I have to make certain sacrifices on my own behalf, I will make them, because in the long run, I'm gonna sit, and I'm gonna look back at my life, and everything I worked hard for, and I'm going to value it so much more because I think when you come from nothing, you value everything. You value everything that you work hard for. You value everything that you've dug, clawed your way out of. And now you have, you know, you look at everything that you built for yourself in such, you just hold such high value and such high appreciation for everything. You know, when I have children of my own, I want them to know the value of working for something I want them to understand that when you value things you look at them in such a different light and you take care of them you make sure you're attentive you're consistent because consistency you you have to you have if you have a dream if you have a goal there's no room for an excuse only room for consistency if you truly want it And I always stand by that. I always make sure every single day when I get up, on days that I don't want to go to the gym, on days where I just want to lay in bed, which, mind you, that is healthy. Okay, don't overwork yourself. (laughs) Please don't worry. Like, don't overwork yourself. But, you know, 
overall, I on days that I don't want to get up, I push myself to get up and do what I need to do and get get done what needs to be done because nobody is going to do it for me. No one is going to work harder than me. No one is going to be there more than me. You have you at the end of the day. And I always remind myself of that, that I'm here for me. No one's got my back. If I fold, then who the fuck do I lean on? And I'm not saying I can't lean on my mom or I can't lean on, you know, friends, family. But still, it's it's just a prideful thing that I have within myself. I have to have me at the end of the day because if I don't have me, how the fuck am I supposed to have somebody else? How, how, am, I, how am I supposed to have a family of my own if I don't have that mindset? If I'm mentally screwed in the head, how, how can I provide for a man? How can I love a man properly? How can I love my potential children correctly? I always root everything back to myself because this is what I'm exposing to the world. This is what I'm putting out in the world. I don't want to be broken and share my brokenness. I don't ever want to burden anybody with things that I know I am fully responsible for. I'm responsible for putting me back together. I'm responsible for healing myself. I'm responsible for taking care of myself. Because if, because before, like I said, if I fold, who has me? Genuinely, of course, there's God. Like, let me, let me, let me backtrack myself. I always have God. I would not be the person I am if it weren't for the strength of God that He's given to me, that He's put value into my heart that makes me fight, that keeps me going, that keeps me here every single day. I thank God for everything that I have. Everything that I possess, my mind, everything that just comes and molds me into who I am. I wouldn't be who I was if I didn't have God in my life. God saved my life, you know, like my dad, I always went to church with my dad. My dad was a very faithful man. <laughs> Lord, I, I don't even know if y'all ready for my, my dad's story, but both my parents, like my mom's caring heart, her, her selfless her selflessness and her just being such a beautiful soul man you know I don't I don't tell my mom this often but I'm really proud of you mom (laughs) I'm very proud of you because you could have ended it you could have ended it all at a young age, when you were younger, when you were a teenager, you could have ended it all. And you did it. And I'm so thankful that you chose yourself. And you found strength. You moved past the depression, you moved past your trauma, and you kept going, you kept fighting. Because little do you know. All that fighting, you did it for me and I wasn't even born yet. And you fought for me. And because of that, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep loving people. Even though sometimes I'm going to get hurt. People are going to hurt me. People are going to betray me. People are going to lie to me. People are going to treat me in ways that I don't deserve. 
but you know what it's okay because at the end of the day when i die when i when i'm i don't want to i don't want to be buried i want to be cremated but when i'm no longer walking on this earth anymore i know that that along my journey i left my mark on people (laughs) right luna i left my mark on people i did good things in this world i left i left my imprint on my children on you know whoever i end up marrying one day i loved him i don't like i don't even know who my future husband is but i know that man's gonna treat me the way i deserve i know he's gonna love me past my pain he's gonna love me through everything of me the good the bad and the ugly and i know i'm i'm what I'm doing right now, it's it's going, it's gonna build into something so much more, and I'm just I'm I'm truly grateful. I wouldn't trade a thing. I wouldn't trade my parents. I wouldn't trade a single thing of my life because it got me here. And again, like I said, mom, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Keep fighting. Keep doing what god calls you to do because you know i came from you you made me everything all my wins are your wins all of my successes they're your successes everything that is of me it is you and i know that i i can do more but i know either way you're proud of me and that that's all i need i think that's all a child should ever want in the world is just for their parents to be proud of them and accept them my mom accepts me for who i am she is my first love and so is my dad my dad and both my parents are my first first love and i can proudly say that you know my parents they're not perfect but they never abused me they never spoke down on me even, you know, my dad, I'm going to get to the story with my dad. My dad's story, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when he was, I believe he was my age, 22, 23, I, I think, I want to say, maybe, I don't, I don't know the exact, I know he was in his 20s, his early 20s, and how he was diagnosed when they found out that, you know, my dad had bipolar disorder was when my uncle was brutally murdered. Now, my uncle, backstory of my uncle, he was in the Latin Kings, because my dad, both my parents, I'm from New York, so my uncle was in the Latin Kings, very high-end Spanish gang, and very known, and he was a part of that, and, you know, right when my uncle was trying to turn his life around, you know, being in and out of jail, when I tell you the letters that he's written from jail, my grandma still has, and I read them, oh my god, something about a person not being here anymore, like, then you know, them passing on them, I don't know how to explain it, but just his handwriting, it just brought him back to life, I didn't even know this man, I wasn't even born when this man, you know, when he passed, but I felt like a connection when I, when I read his words, when I seen, when I touched his handwriting, the paper that came from him, Ooh, it just, like, it ignited something in me, and it's, it's a shame that right when he was getting his life together, you know, he was shot like on site by somebody who obviously 
recognized who he was. You know, my uncle couldn't miss my uncle. Like that man, <laughs> I'd say I say one thing: if my uncle Nelson was still alive, let me tell you, no man. I think that man would have been so protective of me and my cousins. Like that man was buff. Like, and I'm talking like naturally buff. Like that fucker wasn't on no steroids. Like. He just worked out, worked out, worked out. Because, you know, he was in jail. That's all you can do. He was in and out of jail. So he had to, you know. And, man, oh, <laughs> the men that did me wrong, you lucky that man dead. Because <laughs> he would have fucked y'all up. I'm just kidding. God bless his soul. And I hope he's resting easy. But, you know, yeah, like after my dad found out that my uncle passed away, him and my dad were very, very close, you know. My, at least that's what my grandparents have told me, that my dad was very close with him. I've written, I wrote, uh, wrote, I've read the letters that my uncle has sent to my dad. And specifically, I'll, I'll never forget these words, him telling my dad, continue to stay in church, you know, follow God's word, follow his path that he has laid out for you. You know, he's doing things for you. He's working things. Every, everything is working out in your favor. Just continue to go to church and pray to God because God's got you. And, ooh, man, I, like, I know he was talking to my dad, but part of me felt like he was talking to me, too, when I read that. And nothing but true words came out of that letter. Nothing. And my dad had a mental breakdown. He had his first episode, and that's when he was hospitalized, and they, the doctors had diagnosed him with a bipolar disorder. And my dad struggled with this for many years i don't know if anybody out there has bipolar disorder but you know i've I've dealt with it my entire life not me personally having it but you know watching someone with a mental illness struggle with their lives and you know there's been times when i was younger my dad would stop taking his medication he would kind of go awol he'd have his episodes when i was 11 that's when my both my parents had separated he i think that was the worst i've ever actually no not that's not the worst i've ever seen him but you know, as a kid, I was 11, I would get cursed out at, you know, he'd call me a bastard, he would tell me to shut up. But part of me, even young, I knew what my dad suffered with. I knew something was wrong. My dad is a loving man. That man literally, oh, he would, he's such a giving person too. Like the next, I remember the next door neighbors, they didn't have any electricity and my dad literally hooked up our electricity to theirs. So that way they would have some type of light and AC. He would take them, he take multiple people. I remember like when we used to, when we first moved to Florida, there was this woman she was a single mom and he would take her grocery shopping take her to the church pantries you know all these things and even to the next door neighbors that we had at the time like he would you know they didn't have a car he had a car he would take them drive them wherever they needed to go no charge nothing like that man was just a giving freaking man oh i love him i love him so much and it breaks my heart sometimes you know it, it breaks me because i think of why does he have to suffer with a mental illness? Like, there, there's been times where I've gotten angry. God, like, why would you give him this? Like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know, I, I get angry at God. You know, in the past, I'm like, why would you give this man a mental illness? He serves nothing but goodness in this world. There's not, there's not a mean bone in that man's body he would give his last dollar he would give his last everything and he's the one suffering with a mental illness he has to go through his entire life having no control no control over his mental state like how, how messed up is that you know the most selfless man in the world the most selfless man i know he's the one that has to suffer with a mental 
disability. And what's crazy, that wasn't even the worst time. The worst time was when I was a freshman in college. And I get a call from my grandma and she tells me that my dad's missing. He was, you know, he was A-wire. He didn't take his meds. He just took off, took his motorcycle and just took off. And when I tell you that, that sentence, my whole world just shattered. It just came apart when I found out that my daddy was just missing. And you know what's crazy? I was the only one that knew where he was. I was the only one that was able to find out where he where he ran to and it's crazy because you know mental illness is a tricky thing sometimes it'll it'll unlock things in your mind you know i don't know but i've done i've done so much research just to understand my dad a little bit better understand what he goes through mentally and it took him where he where he ended up where i ended up finding him he went to the apartment complex that we had lived at when we first moved to florida and i never understood why but you know I can't even tell you why he went there, but I found him, and this man had nothing on him. He was sweating, bullets, yeah, he, my grandma said that he took his tablet, he took his phone, you know, he took everything with him, and when we found him, we didn't even, he had nothing, he was just walking around aimlessly, like, no bike, no motorcycle of his was found, like, nothing, nothing was on him. And I'm like, I'm like, not screaming, but I'm like, frantic. I'm like, dad, dad, like, where's your stuff? Where, where, where'd you put it? Where'd you leave, last leave it? He's like, okay, I gave it away. I'm like, you gave it away. What, what do you mean you gave it away? He's like, you know, people in this world needed it more than I did. Oh my God. I just. man literally going through his episodes we we ended up finding his motorcycle and stuff at the at the gas station that's right next to the apartment complex and we found a man that had the motorcycle and he was telling us like i mean obviously he knew my dad there was something mentally wrong with him obviously and he said to me that you know my dad had told him that god put him in that place to give him you know, this opportunity to have, you know, this bike, this motorcycle to take him places in life. And that he'd given a neighbor his phone, you know, just just gave it to them, gave his tablet away, just gave, like, I mean, all these people can't ended up, like, coming and just returning all the things that he'd given. And, man, the fact this man is literally going through... Uh, uh, an entire episode like a mental break like not a mental breakdown but like he's just experiencing all of these things like his, his mind is going left and right and just all over and he still has this giving heart he still has this selflessness about him when his mind is in shambles i always pray for my dad and god protects him because there's been times where my dad almost tried taking his life when he was going through that you know being face down in a tub filled with water him taking all of his pills at once i was only 16 when that happened lord man god truly does have my dad's heart because he's still here he knows i can't go on if he's not okay together it's okay man Oh my god. 
through everything that I've been through, you know, up until the age of me being 23 years old, it was rough, it was rocky, you know, the, this last couple months of this year, you know, he's just been having a hard time getting out of it, like, and I think that was the worst I've ever seen him, you know, he's been big racked a couple times when, you know, as I was growing up, and there was a period of time after my parents separated when I was 11, where I was, we were homeless, and we at the, we were going to different church pantries, and uh, we ended up staying with her best friend. You know, I was sleeping on the floor. And, you know, I didn't have a bed. Sleeping on the floor in sixth grade, I had nothing. I had no clothes. The school I was about to start start uh, soon. They only accepted you know uniforms. I didn't have uniforms, so I remember going to different church churches to get you know clothes and shoes. And I'll never forget this story as long as I live. There was a woman in that church. She didn't know me. I didn't know her. But I was looking at like a pile of shoes, you know, kind of just browsing, looking. And this woman comes up to me and she was, she says, you know, you looking for shoes? And I'm like, yeah, for school. You know, I start school soon. And she was like, you know, these shoes represent people's lives. You know, like these are, these are people's lives that obviously they've left here. And I, she handed me money. She was like, I want you to take this and I want you to get your own pairs of shoes because you cannot walk in someone else's shoes. You have to walk in your own. You have to walk in God's path in your own shoes. You can't walk into someone else's. These shoes don't represent you. You need to, you need a pair of your own. I, I was so young. I was 11. I didn't really understand what she said, but that always stuck. That, that stuck with me as I was getting older. And I... I don't know where that woman is now, but I hope God is blessing you. I hope he's doing great things. I hope he's using you as a vessel to spread his word and just spreading the goodness. Because, oh my God, little does that woman know she truly inspired me. She inspired me, that sentence. You can't live your life in other people's shoes. You can't live your life in other people's lives. You gotta, you gotta walk in your own path. That taught me something so young. I know that was God. I swear on everything I know. I, like, I know that was God speaking to me through her. And that, that saved me so much. In that moment, I was saved. And I wasn't even baptized. I, I wasn't... God, he really he came up to me and just spoke those words through her. It stuck with me for the rest, for as long as I'm living right now. And God, it really did, really just, it did it for me. And so, you know, during that time period when I was staying with my, my mom's best friend, me and my mom, you know, I didn't see my dad. My dad, obviously, he was off a bender. He wasn't taking his medication because during that time, like I said, my dad would, he would have, he locked me in my room and I was terrified of the dark. He would have all the lights turned off and I would just be stuck in my room. And to this day, I'm terrified of the dark. <laughs> I'm terrified. I can't, I like, I'm literally looking at like the light, little lamp that I have in my room, just a little light in a room. I have to have it. I can't sleep without it. Um, before I used to sleep with my TV on, but then as you know, as I got into, <laughs> I got into adulthood, I realized, um, <laughs> Miss Ma'am, electricity bill. <laughs> you can't be having the TV on all night. So adulthood slapped me quick in the face. <laughs> So I have this little nightlight that I have now that I sleep with. And I'm not ashamed. Listen, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm so, I cannot be in the dark. I can't sleep in the dark because as a kid that traumatized me, like being in the dark really, truly did scare me because I used to see shit. I'm not going to like, I, I don't mean for this to be spooky or anything like that, but I really, I used to, I think I lived in a haunted house at one point and 
I used to see things like that were not there and it scared the shit out of me oh my god it terrified me as a kid so from that point on I never slept I never slept in a room that didn't have some type of glimmer of a light or if I did sleep in a room that was completely dark I had to have somebody next to me I had to be sleeping with someone you know from the ages from I think five to to nine I would sleep in my mom's room I would always I would sleep with her I would always snuggle with her and because I used to get really bad night terrors too growing up and lord it was just my life (laughs) but yeah you know my I didn't see my dad during that period of the year after they separated and you know he met this other woman he moved her in I I remember this was right around my but went back to the house that I used to live in before my parents split and everything was just turned upside down my room wasn't even recognized remember being so angry at my dad like why would you move this woman in to our home have her take over my room that i used to sleep in and just have everything just turns flipped upside down like this house looks like a wreck it smells like cigarettes it reeks of alcohol like what is going on like my dad was off his shit like he wasn't taking his medication he just was off the bender. i remember one time too when i was staying at my my mom's best friend's house he had came over and i'm a kid I'm a child at this point. I'm 11 years old. He comes and he tells me that he has liver cancer. And oh, that that fucked with me for a while. He, when he said that he had liver cancer, I didn't realize he was he was going through an episode during that time. I was hysterical. I was crying. I was my my mom's best friend was screaming at him. She's like, "Why would you tell her that? What the hell is wrong with you?" Like, all this stuff. He was like, she's my daughter. She deserves to know all this stuff. I'm not, okay, but update. My dad doesn't, he didn't have liver cancer, okay? He was just going through an episode, saying a lot of crazy things out of his mouth. That's all. But, you know, during that time, too, my my mom was very terrified that my, my dad's side of the family would try and take me from her. They were worried that, you know, my mom wasn't fit to raise me where I was, it wasn't safe, you know, she was, she very, she kept me away from my dad's family for a year, it wasn't up until maybe 2013 when I finally was back in, you know, my grandparents' home, and I was, you know, I I saw them again, it broke my grandpa's heart, like, there was a time where my grandpa told me that, you know, it it was a couple years later, I think I was, I think I was 18 when I was in my first year at college, because I was staying with my grandparents, and I remember him telling me one time when I was in the living room doing my homework and he was watching the news. He was like, Alyssa, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Because you've been through so much life at such a young age and you could have turned out in such a worse way. You could have ended up pregnant. You could have ended up dropping out of school. But here you are in my living room doing your homework. You're in, you're in college. I would die for that man too, man. I'm telling you right now, I would die for my grandma. I would die for my grandpa. Like, but I, my grandpa holds a special piece of my heart. There's nothing like that man. I don't even like thinking about him, about when he's not here. But you know, anytime that I have, I always try to make sure I visit and I see them as much as I possibly could. But yeah, you know, I'm telling you that that's what keeps me going so you know my dad having bipolar disorder my dad you know just going through what he goes through his life 
you know, it's, I wish I can give my mind to him. I wish I can give the piece of me that, you know, that doesn't have, like, I wish I can give him my brain so he doesn't have to suffer anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about taking pills to be normal, or at least what society deems as normal. I wish, I wish I could take that away from him. But I know God made him the way he is. My dad has such a beautiful soul inside of him. And I know God took his time. God given him purpose. He gave him purpose. Even through his own mental illness, that man, he is is in God's perfect image. My dad is the most amazing man I've ever known. Through his flaws, through everything, I would not trade my dad for anyone else in the world. I'm thankful that God put, he chose both my parents to be my parents. Because my parents raised me in a way that they weren't helicopters over me. They always let me figure things out on my own. They, they had a level of trust in me that they knew I wasn't that type of kid to, you know, sneak out of the house, do all this crazy stuff, and, you know. But even then, my parents separated from my, from me living. I was I was house hopping like my almost my entire life. Like up until I was 19 years old, I've been house hopping. Like we went from me and my mom living at her best friend's house, and then eight years I lived with my aunt. Me and my mom lived with my aunt, and my and my cousin. So there was like 10 people in one house. Like and then from there, I moved in with my grandparents for my first. You know, being in that environment, living with my aunt, it was very, it, it was toxic. Like, I always had this part of me in my heart that, like, my aunt always favored her children over me. Like, they, they, there's things that my cousins would be allowed to get away with, but if it were me, like, it would never, I would never be allowed to ever get away with something like that. Like, if I did something, it wasn't okay. If my cousins did something, it was no problem. And I always felt like the outlier. I always felt like the black sheep. Because, you know, just that's how I felt. But, you know, there was always screaming. There was always yelling. Like, her, her, my aunt and my, and her wife would always be arguing back and forth, slamming doors, cursing. Like, I grew up with this. I grew up with chaos. I grew up with just, it was never peaceful in the house. It, there was always tension there. It's like, you can cut cut the tension with the knife (laughs) like it it was it was very rocky and for some reason for I don't know how the hell I did it but I just blocked it all out like I just got up went to school you know did my homework did what I needed to do and just I graduated and you know what's fucked up even my graduation they stayed like my family stayed the entire the entire graduation for my cousin but they didn't even stay my entire graduation like they they left after I walked across the stage. I wasn't greeted by my family after they released us. I mean, I'm grateful I was greeted by my best friend and her sister and her boyfriend at the time. But it broke my heart that I wasn't greeted by my family after I I graduated. I'm the second one out of me and my cousins to graduate high school. All of my cousins, they all got pregnant. Well, two of them got pregnant at a young age, at a young age at 17. My other my oldest cousin, she dropped out of high school when she was 16, I believe. So, me and my other cousin, we're the only ones that graduated high school. So, it was it hurt me that my family wasn't there, that they just up and left and didn't, you know, they didn't welcome me 
after I was released. So like they didn't stay for the entire ceremony and that that like fuck it. It used to fuck with me a lot. Now I just it just it's a faded memory. I look back on and I'm like, you know what, it is what it is. Like there's more graduations and I'm going to endure and the people that are meant to be there will be there for the entire thing. So yeah, so you know, like I said, I lived in a very chaotic environment growing up from I lived with my aunt when I was with my aunt and my cousins from when I was 12 up until I was 18 years old when I graduated. I graduated uh, high school. And from there, you know, my my aunt tried to like have me pay bills in the house and I'm like, "What? Like I'm literally about to start college. I ha- I don't even have like a job like that to be even like paying these bills like that." So I took it upon myself and I moved out of there and I moved in with my grandparents and I figured like you know maybe I love my grandparents like they cater to me they take care of me all that stuff like my grandma always makes sure I'm fed <laughs> like if you have a Hispanic grandma you know she'd be like you wait you know <laughs> always want to feed you and shit but um but even then like I still didn't have my own room and my dad you know my grandparents ended up being caregivers to my dad because obviously my dad's not in the right mental space to be taking care of himself independently and my grandparents are the type of people to like put my dad in a, in a special home for people you know who do suffer with mental illness they're just not those type of people and I'm, I'm very happy that they're like that because my dad deserves to be around family not just strangers who are paid to take care of him and um you know at the time when I was living with my grandparents, I was staying in the same room as my dad. So I'm 18 years old and I'm sharing a room with my dad. You know, from 12 to 18, I was sharing a room with my mom. Now I'm sharing a room with my dad in my grandparents' home. And man, little to no privacy. I had no privacy at all. The only time I really was alone was when I was in school in the study, the study rooms. Because man, I was I bust my ass in my first year of college. Like I was taking anatomy. I was always up in school. Like always up in that library I tell you <laughs> I studied my ass off but you know I passed with A's hell yeah you know my my GPA right now is at a 3.2 very proud of myself um you know but after that point I just realized that that environment you know I've had endless talks with my grandpa at night I loved the times that I spent with my grandpa um I, I love that I I had that experience with him that I was able to sit we talk till it's almost two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning downstairs in the living room. He would tell me about stories of his of his younger years and stuff and how he met my grandma and all that stuff. Like it was great. I had amazing I made such amazing memories with him and I'll never I'll just to include this episode, like I said, this is gonna be a two parter because, you know, obviously I can't encapsulate my entire life in an, <laughs> in fifty four minutes <laughs> or like an hour. Um, but again, for those who stayed and listened, thank you so much. It obviously was for me just to kind of unlock and expose all those memories again and just go down memory lane and just talk about all of the things that I've been through and what I've learned and what I've taken from those situations. And this has been a ride. It's been a ride. But if you are interested in hearing part two, uh, Again, like thank you for just taking the time out of your day just to listen to me, hear, hear me talk about my story, my testimonies, and everything that I've endured within my life up until 23 years old. <laughs> Still got a lot of life to go, you know. <laughs> but, you know, thank you again so much. God bless every single one of you. And like I said, if you are intrigued of my roller coaster of a life, keep on listening to part two, and I'll see you guys at the next episode.